Welcome everyone to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host, Munaf Manji, sounding a little bit different on this episode as I am traveling on the West Coast here in California, but didn't want to leave you guys hanging. A lot of things happening this uh, week, especially in the association. Uh, coaches getting fired, new coaches getting hired, trades going down in the association. So a lot for us to get to here, but joining me as usual to help me break everything down is my main man, Sleepy J. Sleepy, what's going on, my man? How you doing this Friday evening? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I was thinking enough. I'm going to say maybe it was probably a couple of days ago and I was like, you know, where's the perfect place in the United States to live where, you know, you don't get a lot of rain, you don't get any snow, it's not super cold, it's not super hot. And eventually I fell on, well, it's probably L.A., 75 pretty much year-round. You're out there in the Los Angeles area this week. How's the weather out there? Is it uh, right around 75? It's right around that. I know we're in the month of January, but uh, during the days it's around it's around 55 to 65, and it gets down to maybe a little bit in the 50s during the night. But, I mean, you mentioned it. It's very difficult to find a city or even a state where the weather is year-round perfect. Maybe that might be like Florida. But I think California is definitely on the lifts that are sleepy. So I'm with you. I think that especially being on the West Coast, it's the good thing is that the game times are also early. So I'm used to games starting around 6 or 7 o'clock my time where I'm on the West Coast right now. And the games are starting at 4 o'clock. And by the time it's like 9.30 at night where there's nothing, uh, not a whole hell lot to do or not a lot of games to watch. So I think that was a bit of adjustment for me uh, coming to the West Coast here for uh, for this week at least. Yeah, the time change for me was a little bit difficult watching the NFL at 10 o'clock in the morning and then, you know, not being able to watch some of the the late West Coast games here on the East Coast and, you know, having some kind of peace and quiet, stuff like that, getting to watch games at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. I used to like that, but uh, yeah, on the West Coast, it's a little bit different. You don't get those late nights and uh, it's, it's a lot of early afternoon and early morning stuff, but I guess it just depends on you know, if you can get used to it or not, you know, I was in Vegas for three, three and a half years and I eventually kind of got used to it. So when they moved back east, I was back. Uh, I, I was all screwed up all over again. I guess that's the easy way to say it. But yeah. Yeah, that's that's a difficult adjustment going from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast. I mean, that was a three hour difference there. So, um, yeah, definitely an adjustment where you're looking at these times where the games are starting and you're trying to handicap games and all that fun stuff. But Speaking of handicapping games, Sleepy, last week we had a winning uh, episode. We did go 2-1 and on our picks combined. Uh, Our player prop best bet got to the window fairly easily. We had Con Sexton uh, to go over 24.5 on his points and assists combined. We also did mention, if you want to take it separately on his assists and points, those both got to the window. I finally got off of the losing streak um, with the over in the Bucks and the Pistons game, and you were carrying a lot of the weight. Uh, for the past several episodes, but um, I know you took the Wizards. They fell a little bit short, but nonetheless, it was a profitable week for us going 2-1 and one on our picks or sleepy from our last episode. I'll tell you what, the Wizards pissed me off. So <laughs> I'm just scoreboard watching, and I'm like, all right, I look pretty good. I'm like, you know what, let me turn this on for maybe like the last five minutes of the game. I'm up like 14 or something like that. The Wizards had they, a, a commanding lead. There was no way that that thing was going to lose, right? No. And I know that sports bettors and people that are listening to this right now, they're kind of the same as I am. I'm I'm sure of it, that you should have never turned the game on. Everything was going good when you weren't watching and really paying attention. But the minute you turned it on, you jinxed it. And a lot of the bettors out here, we think a lot about, you know, jinxes and things like that. But it was certainly real that night. I completely jinxed uh, my Wizards pick there. They were in, in, in command. But, uh, you know, to let the Spurs come back the way that they did and, and end up getting beat like that, it was uh, – it's one of those losses where you just – you tell yourself, I'm not going to back that team ever again. Um, so you're not going to get the Wizards' best bet for me anytime soon, I can tell you that. Yeah, I found it very difficult to back that team, at least early in the season. And I think their straight-up record is at least indicative of what's going on with their season uh, thus far this year. But – so before I actually get into some of the news and notes that I mentioned at the top of the episode that's happening right now in the NBA, I think we'd be remiss not to mention some of the scoring performances 
that have been going on over the past week here. I mean, we saw Joel Embiid go out and put out 70 points for the Philadelphia 76ers against the Spurs. Uh, and just tonight on Friday night, if you're scoreboard watching and watching the box scores, we saw Devin Booker have, I believe, 37 points at the half. Luka Dantich had 41 at the half. He's up to 66 right now for the Dallas Mavericks as they are hosts or not hosting. I'm sorry. They're in Atlanta here tonight to take on the Hawks. And I know a lot of NBA fans have been saying, hey, there's not a lot of defense being played right now. But I think the offensive output and just a pure skill level that we're seeing in some of these players like the MVP frontrunners, you know, like the Joel Embiid's of the world, like the Luka Dantich's of the world, they're having some incredible performances, and it's really fun to watch right now. And I know maybe the old-timers or guys that are the type that say, hey, get off my line type of guys, that a lot of defense isn't being played. But what have your thoughts been about some of these performances, at least scoring-wise, that are happening with these superstar players? I mean, it's fun to watch, you know, to go out there and see a Joel Embiid go out there and score 70. You know, Luke is probably going to get 70 or maybe a little bit above there tonight. I think that, like, the skill level – today's guys versus, you know, the guys from the 80s and the 90s and the 70s. You know, it is uh, it is far apart. Um, I mean, there are guys like, you know, Michael Jordan, stuff like that, that, you yeah. know, like you can draw the comparison. But a, a lot of those guys don't compare to, you know, a Joel Embiid or, or you know, a Luka or a Booker for, for that matter. But, you know, it's not surprising because, like, one, do they play defense? Well, um when it really, really matters, they'll lock down on defense. So, you know, you, you really afford the opportunity for these players to go out there and, and have those type of games. But also, you know, it's just a much quicker paced game. You know, when the, the minute they reduced the shot clock down, you know, it, it, it gave, you know, how many more extra possessions to a team. So, you know, the, the scoring is going to increase. All, all the records that stood – um, are probably going to end up being broken sooner or later. I mean, the only record that probably is going to be difficult to break is, is Chamberlain's 100 points. But, I mean, outside of that, you know, Stockton's records are probably going to go down. Jordan's records are all going to go down. Uh, eventually, you know, it, it's going to be tough probably to break a lot of LeBron's records just because of the longevity that he has. But, you know, if the game gets any quicker and defense becomes any lesser, um, you know, it's – the guys that work their rear ends off and and, and put a lot of years in, into the sport, the, the records are just going to, uh, you know, they're going to end up being broke. So, you know, it's fun from, you know, an entertainment standpoint, but as far as, uh, you know, historical kind of, um, you know, a, a guy that, that, that really likes the stats and things like that from, you know, the history of it, it's um, – I don't want to say it's not enjoyable because it's neat. It's like, oh, dude, score 70. But, you know, back in the 80s and the 90s, if somebody went out there and scored 60 points, I mean, that was like front page news. Today it's, you know, it's just they put the number in the box score and, and you move on. That was my going to be one of my questions to you was, do we ever see Will Chamberlain's 100-point performance in a single game ever again broken? Um. I think that that's going to be one of the more difficult ones, if not the, the hardest one to go ahead and break. I would say that there's a, a, a good chance at, of it. And the only reason I say that is because if you can get the if you can get Luca, you know, at right now, what's he at 67 There's still a couple minutes. I mean, he can end up legitimately with 75 points at the end of the game, but there's always overtime. There's always double overtime. We've seen some of these games, you know, hit, you know, two, three overtime. So I think I think a guy can get there, but um, kind of a similar situation to to Cat the other night. How he goes out and he has what sixty two or sixty three points, and you know, his coach basically called him out and was like, you know, it's selfish basketball. Like you have to be selfish in order to get a hundred points in this league today. Chamberlain didn't have to be selfish. He was just that much better than everybody. You threw him the ball and he put it in the basket. There, it was. A totally different world so you have to be selfish in order to get there and I think that if somebody were to break 100 points today versus when Wilt did it I think that the guy who does it today would be the person that everybody would look at as believe it or not like the more amazing feat because of the talent that surrounds the player that's trying to score today versus when you know Wilt was out there doing it so not taking anything away from Chamberlain's record but 
Um, I think you kind of get what I'm saying. You know, you got seven foot guys out there trying to, you know, block you every single shot. Um, and the three point line is, you know, is shooting threes and stuff like that. Chamberlain, it was just, he was just so much bigger and more dominant than the guys that were playing against him. It was, you know, kind of like high school against the, uh, you know, knee high basketball kids. Hundred um, percent. I think yeah, that Chamberlain hundred point performance record, and I think Joe DiMaggio's fifty six game hitting streak record in the MLB. I think probably the two more difficult records that may not be touched. But hey, like you mentioned, the game is always changing, and it's always favoring now offense and points being scored, and and you know, in baseball, home runs and runs being scored as well. So. Uh, going to be definitely interesting to see if it ever does get broken but sleep like i mentioned a lot of uh news and notes happening in association as we approach a trade deadline um but let's start in milwaukee um not sure if a lot of people saw this coming but head coach adrian griffin that they hired in the offseason to take over for mike budenholzer he gets fired by the bucks organization interim head coach uh on their bench takes over but there has been a new Long-term solution for the Milwaukee Bucks by the name of Doc Rivers, who was doing some play-by-play calling for uh, ESPN. But now he takes over as the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, led by a team that has obviously Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard that they acquired in the offseason as well from the Portland Trailblazers, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. They also got Drake uh, Jay Crowder back from injury as well. What was your reaction when you kind of heard about this news about the Milwaukee Bucks letting First year head coach Adrian Griffin go, not even about, well, we can say a little past the midway point of the regular season. But for me, let me start here is that I I didn't understand that if they wanted to go out and get Doc Rivers or if Adrian Griffin wasn't the answer for this team, why didn't they just go out and get Doc Rivers in the first place was my first question for this Milwaukee Bucks team. But what was your reaction when you heard about this news from Milwaukee? Well, I think to answer your question, the one of the reasons why they probably didn't want Doc is because he had how many years of, you know, failing seasons with the yeah. 76ers. And it's like, well, you know, do you want to do you want to go and take a shot with that guy? Because, you know, they had a James Harden and an Embiid and a Maxi and twice Harris. Like Philly had a team, you know, and they've had teams under Doc Rivers, you know, that just couldn't seamlessly go in and get it done. When I saw this happen, I immediately told myself, I don't want to say it's not a coaching problem. I guess it probably is a coaching problem, but I think it's more of like a personal issue with the players because when you go out and you get a guy like Doc, Doc is like the player's coach. Like he is a player's kind of guy. So I think when they when they brought him in and going back to what I just said, like not to throw shade on Doc, but it's not like he's really, really ever won anything. I think that that goes to show maybe that the coach was a little abrasive Maybe it was a little bit too hard on these guys. Maybe he required, you know, a lot of extra stuff going on. And maybe the players just kind of rallied around and was like, well, we could either, you know, deal with this situation or maybe we can argue to go in and get rid of them as a group. And maybe he, you know, agreed like, hey, okay, you know, no big deal. If you want to get rid of me, then get rid of me. And maybe the players all decided that that was kind of what they wanted to do. So, I think maybe if you brought in another, you know, like a system type of coach, we're not general managers, right, Manoff? Like, we only know what we know. Um, these guys are around basketball 24-7. They live it. They breathe it. They know it. Um, you know, that it's just one of those things where maybe we didn't really understand, you know, what's going on from like a basketball level. But the fact that they brought Doc in, it tells me that it was more of a coach versus players type of thing. So if that's the case and, and – you know, maybe they got the guy that they wanted because this team's super talented. Maybe that's exactly what the Bucks needed. Maybe they just need uh, a different way of thinking, a different way of doing things, and maybe the players will respond to Doc. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, right? I think the first point is, is that Doc Rivers is a player's head coach, and I think that with this type of roster that they do have, that it's a championship-caliber roster, right? We talked about the addition of Damian Lillard on his team next to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and they were maybe there was something that was going on between player and coach relationship within the locker room of the Milwaukee Bucks. And now they go out and guy get a guy in Doc Rivers, like you mentioned, that is a player's head coach. So I think now I feel like that there's even more pressure for Doc Rivers to kind of get over the hump of 
being in the Eastern Conference Finals, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, and getting to the NBA Finals, and winning another championship, you know, like he did with the Boston Celtics. I only believe his only coaching uh, title when he was the head coach of the Boston Celtics. So, um, not shocked, but shocked at the same time, I guess we can say, if that does make sense. But uh, one of the more interesting, and because, again, we also don't see a lot of coaches being fired midseason, especially in the NBA and going out and getting their guy in the month of January as well. So uh, we'll see if this does really boost the Milwaukee Bucks. We were already having a pretty good season. They were just struggling on the defensive side of the basketball that we have talked about multiple times on this uh, podcast. So maybe we talked about the Pascal Siakam trade last um, week with the Indiana Pacers and the Toronto Raptors. Another trade that did go down between the Charlotte Hornets and the Miami Heat. Guard Terry Rozier of the Charlotte Hornets. He is headed to the Miami Heat. In a trade for veteran guard Kyle Lowry. And also a 2027 first round pick. Which is lottery protected. Uh, and would convert to an unprotected uh, unprotected pick in the 2028 season. If it doesn't convey. So... I think for let's start with the Miami Heat side here because I think that there was for several seasons also in the offseason and during the trade deadline that some type of made had to be moved for this team at that point guard slash guard position because we know Kyle Lowry is getting up there in age as well. He's been on and off the court dealing with injuries. He can't give you 30 minutes every single night. And maybe there was a log jam for the Charlotte Hornets as well with LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier. Both guys are ball dominant, but Miami goes out and gets a proven score in Terry Rozier that can take some of that scoring pressure off of Jimmy Butler because we know Jimmy Butler right now at this juncture of his career is probably good for in between 40 to 50 games during the regular season, and then we know he can turn it up in the playoffs, right? They also have had dealt with injuries from Tyler Hero, so now they go out and get a veteran guard in Terry Rozier to kind of bolster that backcourt for the Miami Heat. We'll see if Kyle Lowry ends up staying. I believe that he will probably will get waived by the Charlotte Hornets and maybe a veteran contending team that needs some backup point guard minutes in the playoffs to make that deep run. That gives them, you know, 15 to 20 minutes per night. And also, it doesn't hurt, obviously, to get draft capital in the association as well. But what was your reaction to this trade between the Charlotte Hornets and the uh, Miami Heat surrounding Terry Rozier? Well, my first thought was that it's probably a good thing to kind of get rid of Kyle Lowry because I'm not sure you know, what else he would have had to to offer to this team, especially as they got further and further along in the season and maybe eventually into the playoffs. But, you know, the more that I thought about it, it kind of just, to me, it feels like you just kind of rotated the tires and um, come playoff time, I don't really know if it makes makes much of a difference here. I mean, I guess you get some younger legs, you know, a guy that could that could certainly shoot a little bit better probably than, than Kyle Lowry, but... I don't know if it's so much of an upgrade, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it doesn't feel like a championship piece was brought to this team. It just, like I said, it, to me, it, it kind of just feels like it, it kind of rotated the tires a little bit. That That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I think I think you're correct when you say that. It's not a trade for the Miami Heat that puts them into that top four in the Eastern Conference right now, but when it comes to the playoff time, Sleepy, with this Miami Heat team, I mean, we saw it last season where they made that deep run to the NBA Finals, um, where they were a team that were trailing in that second half in that play-in tournament game to not being in the playoffs, and they just turned the switch uh, up to the Miami Heat, and they made it all the way to the NBA Finals. But you're right. I think that this this isn't a trade that you know is a championship piece for the uh Miami Heat. I don't think there's a lot to cover here on the Charlotte Hornet side. Obviously, Kyle Lowry not going to be a long-term solution at this juncture of his career. You probably will end up getting waived. You know, a salary dump. They do get a 2027 20, first round pick like I mentioned that is Lowry protected here for this team. But again, like I mentioned there's going to be trades that are going to be start going down. We'll discuss them every single um week here on the NBA podcast is breaking it down from if it helps the team, it does it change their championship odds. Obviously, for the Miami Heat, not really a shift in the championship odds for this team by acquiring Terry Rozier. 
So even let's turn the page here to Saturday night in the association and some really great matchups going down on Saturday night. Uh, let's kick it off with the Eastern Conference matchup between the Miami Heat. They are headed to Madison Square Garden to take on the New York Knicks. Knicks currently sitting as a five-point favorite in this game with a total of 217.5. Now let's take a look at the injury report for both of these teams. Here, and I'll start here with the Miami Heat, the road team. Obviously, we just talked about Terry Rozier as that new guard piece for this Miami Heat team. But outside of that, for the Miami Heat, pretty clean injury report here. We did see the return of Jimmy Butler uh, for the Miami Heat. And only player that is going to be out, or sorry, is available and is making his return. Uh, it's Jaime Jaquez Jr. out of UCLA, who's having an incredible rookie campaign for the Miami Heat. For the New York Knicks, on their injury report, currently Isaiah Hardenstein is questionable. He is dealing with a left Achilles injury. And we already do know about Mitchell Robinson, who is going to be missing uh, most of the season for the New York Knicks. So you can start with the side here, minus five in favor of the New York Knicks hosting the Miami Heat. What are your thoughts on this game? I don't want to step in front of this Knicks train right now. I mean, ever since they made that trade, his team's just been, I mean, they're out there beating teams up, but they're, they're beating them convincingly. Um, you know, I took it to Toronto, beat them by 26. Then they turn around, go on the road, beat Brooklyn. They just beat the brakes off of Denver. I, I didn't see that happen. I mean, that was like a 30-plus point win. So, for me, with Miami, I mean, they're struggling right now. I don't know how many games they've lost in a row, but I know it's more than a handful. And the Knicks have won more than a handful in a row. So, it feels like two teams going in two different directions. Even even bringing in Rozier and getting rid of Lowry, I don't, I, I don't know if that's going to help them here. As far as the size is concerned, I can only look at the Knicks, but I think the total is probably – the direction that I would go for sure. Like the Knicks defense ever since they made this trade has just been, I mean, it was already good, but now it's very, very good. Only allowing 84 points to Denver. Um, I mean, that, that how many games have they, they haven't allowed 110 points in, in quite some time. So uh, it's a lot of, a lot of games right around the century mark or even, you know, in the nineties and eighties for the Knicks, but the heat just got blasted. They just played, Boston. They give up 143 points to Boston. When you have a, a performance like that, you know the message in the locker room is going to be, we need to go ahead and we need to be better on defense because I think Miami knows that their offense isn't an offense that's going to go out there and put up like 143 points. So they need to make up and it needs to start with their defense. So I think it's defense first here for Miami and the Knicks. They're not going to go away from what's getting them wins. Yeah, their offense has played very, very well, but their defense is what's helping them win games. So I think it's more of a defense-defense type of message for both of these teams here, 217.5. It may look low because of some of these crazy totals we see, but I think that this is one of those it takes two to tango. Um, this looks like a recipe for an under for me. So I'll play that, and um, I'm not against playing the Knicks minus 5.5. And, and that would be the only way that i go. I mean, this team's just... I mean, this is a train I, I would not want to get in front of until we maybe see a couple hiccups or something that goes on. Maybe a player gets injured. But right now, yeah, I'm not stepping in front of the Knicks. Since the turn of the calendar year, the New York Knicks 11-2 and two straight up, 10-3 and three against the spread. They are 12-1 and one to the under are the New York Knicks uh, in that span. And just in their home games, since we turned the calendar year in 2024, 7-1 straight up at home. Six and two against the spread, a perfect eight no to the under, only allowing ninety six point, uh, sorry, yeah, ninety six point nine points per game in that span. I mean, you you nailed it. I'm not going to regurgitate everything that you just said. Don't want to get in front of this Knicks team. The, uh, their defense is playing outstanding, especially obviously when we talk about you know, the trade that they did make for OG Ananobi. And it seems like that Tom Thibodeau, and I think I mentioned this on the last podcast as well. Is that he's got he's he's got his horses, guys that are gonna play defense, they're gonna die for those 50-50 balls, and they're gonna play blue collar defense, and they have enough guys on the offensive side that can put the basketball um in the hoop. So I'm with you, Sleepy. I, I really like the under in this game, under 217 and a half. And also look at the Knicks here as well as they've been dominating against the spread since we turned the year of 2024. Another matchup that's going down on Saturday night, that's going to be a battle. Between two former MVPs, this time it flips to the Mile High City. The Philadelphia 76ers, they are headed to the Mile High City, the Denver Nuggets. 
As currently as it stands, the Denver Nuggets are a four and a half point home favorite here with a total of 228 and a half. And it's looking at the injury report for both of these teams here for the Philadelphia 76ers. Robert Covington is going to be out for this game and you have questionable tags on Tobias Harris. He's dealing with an illness. Tyrese Maxey is also a questionable for this game. He's dealing with a left ankle sprain. And Marcus Morris Sr., he's probable for this game. He is dealing with left foot plantar fasciitis. For the Denver um, Nuggets, pretty clean injury report. All five of their starters are uh, on the injury report, but they are probable for this game, including Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, and Jamal Murray. Did see these two teams match up earlier this season um, in Philadelphia. And that was a game where the uh, Philadelphia 76ers won that game 126-121. And another stellar performance in that game by Joel Embiid. Uh, He finished that game with 41 points, 10, sorry, 7 rebounds, 10 assists in that game. And Nikola Jokic in that game finished the game with 25 points, 19 rebounds, and 3 assists. For the Denver Nuggets. But now, like I mentioned, Sleepy, this flips to the Denver uh, home court. Currently four and a half for the Denver Nuggets. What are you thinking about this game? I would probably look at Denver being that they have revenge and that they got blown out by the Knicks, like I was just saying. So I think Denver getting right here at home is is certainly the way that I would look. A pick that I would certainly go ahead and consider here is going ahead and playing Embiid over his points. Not necessarily sure what it will be. Maybe it'll be 33, maybe it'll be 35, somewhere in that area. But don't be surprised if Embiid goes out and tries to have another big game. Now, he's going up against MVP level, Jokic. Guy who's won the MVP before and done the battle head-to-head here with Embiid. But Embiid goes out, he scores 70 the other day. And this game just went final. Luka finished with 73 tonight. Now, I'm not saying that 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 really has anything to do with it. But think about like in, in a particular game, Monaf, where let's just say it's like it's Curry and Trey Young. And Trey Young's out there and he makes one from from 27 feet and he and he looks at Steph and Steph's like, all right, I'll do one better. You know, I'll, I'll make it from 28. And then Trey's out there and, and, and they're just trading, right? They're trading. And it's like eventually Steph makes one from half court and, and the competition's over. I think the fact that Embiid went out had 70, it was like, dude, I'm the MVP. We already beat you. That and, and I don't want to say like like Cat was kind of greedy or, or Booker was kind of greedy, but it feels to me like maybe it's like right now it's who can outduel. Like 70 was a big deal. So obviously Luca was going for it tonight. Obviously Booker was going for it. We know I don't know if Cat got word during the game that like where Embiid was and, 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 you know, where Kat was, but it feels like tomorrow morning when you wake up and it's like, Oh, Luca had had 73. If Embiid can go out and have another monster game, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and get 70, but I, I would expect his shot volume to be extremely high in this game. His point total, if it's 33, 34, 35, somewhere in that area, I think he probably exceeds that just because it's that, it feels to me like this is just one of those weird little pockets where it's like, oh, you think you could do better than me? You know, I'll go out and I'll do this. Or you think you could do that? And I'll go out and I'll do that. And Bede kind of already set the mark, right, at 70. And it was just broke tonight by Luka. So don't be shocked if Embiid tries to go head-to-head against, you know, Jokic, who it seems like this is a, a pretty good rivalry right now, and go out there and try to outdo uh, his 70 points and maybe even try to outdo Luka here. But I think if that's the mentality is that, you know, um, boy, my 70-point game now looks like nothing because I don't want to say it does, but, I mean, Luka going out and scoring 73 tonight kind of throws a little shade on that now, don't it? So maybe Embiid tries to go ahead and, uh, you know, do something a little bit crazier in that game. So his his point total over is something I would certainly look at. I think it's funny that you did mention that when we see these superstar players going out and putting out these high point performances, I think it that's exactly the narrative that goes on in my mind that on a random Tuesday night that Joel Embiid goes out and scores 73 points. Well, hey, in the back of Giannis's mind or in the back of Luka's mind or Devin Booker, um, 
that they want to go out and be that next 70 point score. And I, and I think there's something to it. And I think that I don't think it's a coincidence that it's happened over the past week or so here that Joel Embiid had a stellar performance scoring 70, you know, 70 plus points against the San Antonio Spurs. And here we see Cat had 44 in the first half. We talked about even Devin Booker now is going to get, um, He's going to fall under the clouds here and not get talked about on his 62-point performance because Luka went out and scored 73 tonight. So I think there's something there to that narrative. But like you mentioned, I think it also added to the fact that he's also going up against a former MVP, Nikola Jokic, in this game as well, right? That, you know, these are two of the best big men by far in our entire league, and they're MVPs for a reason. So... You know, they want to go out and put out these performances. It's going to be on national TV uh, is this game between the Philadelphia 76 and the Denver Nuggets. So, I mean, I know Jokic isn't the type of guy that's going to go out and score 40, 50 points. He's more than capable of doing it. But Nikola Jokic is one of the few players in this league that can walk into any gym and put up a triple-double, get the 19 rebounds like he did have against the Philadelphia 76ers in that game. So, now, I would look at Jokic in this game here as well. Maybe if you want to put a same-game parlay together with these two MVPs, I don't hate that. But as far as the side here, Sleepy, I think I'm with you with the Denver Nuggets. You take a look at their home and road splits this season, right? You take a look at the Denver Nuggets at home this season, 17-4 and four straight up. They're 11-9-1 against the spread, which is right around 55%. But you take a look at their road record this season. They have a winning road record, 14-11 straight up. But against the spread, they're just 8-16-1, covering only 33.3% of their road games here. So again, like you mentioned, immediate revenge on the mind here for the Denver Nuggets. Expect their best effort, uh, welcoming one of the better teams uh, in the Eastern Conference in the Philadelphia 76ers. You know what I think is interesting here, Manoff, is that you were just talking about Booker, and they came up short. They lost the game. Um, Cat ended up scoring all those points, and they ended up losing the game. And we see these players, they go out here and they, they have these massive games. But what happens is, is that the player becomes selfish and then they start taking some bad shots. And I think that Embiid is like, he, he he's kind of like the guy, like I was saying, like like this pocket of like player versus player, go out there and outduel them. Like it was all created because of Embiid. So I think if there was one player let's just say like out of this small pocket of games that's going to be extremely selfish, it's Embiid who's the MVP. And I think that that's kind of one of the reasons why I really like Denver is because I could see Embiid going out having a massive game but putting up a lot of bad shots and a lot of selfish basketball. And is he going to get crucified for it? No, I mean, it's it's Joel Embiid. He's the MVP. He just scored 70 the other night. You know, Philly's playing really, really well, so – you know, if he wants to have one of those nights, I think that he can. But just like you were talking about with Jokic, like he doesn't need to go out there and play that type of game because I think at the end of the day, all he really cares about is just going ahead and, and winning, especially coming off of, you know, an embarrassing loss. So, yeah, that was just – I just wanted to throw that out there that I think that that could be what decides this game, believe it or not, is that even if Embiid goes out and has a big point total, it could be because of him being selfish kind of in this weird pocket right here. So that's one of the the other reasons why I like the Nuggets here. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue against that. I do like the Nuggets side here as well. To wrap it up on Saturday night, a battle of Western Conference teams here in the LA Lakers. They are going to be visiting the Golden State Warriors. Warriors currently sitting as a two-point home favorite in this game with a total of 237.5. And looking at the injury report for both of these teams here, I'll start here with the road team, the L.A. Lakers. Lakers uh, both have uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James questionable for this game. Cam Reddish is going to be out two weeks for the Lakers. We saw that note come across on Friday afternoon. He will be reevaluated after suffering a right ankle sprain. For the Golden State Warriors, Moses Moody is going to be out. Chris Paul is out, and Gary Payton II is going to be out for this game here as well. Uh, so we started with the spread here, minus two in favor of the home team, the Golden State Warriors. Any thoughts on the side here? Yeah, I would probably go ahead and play the Warriors here. Um, I know it's tough to go ahead and probably put your money down on that team because they haven't really hit their stride or have really looked good for you know a bunch of games in a row. But I don't know, something something just tells me that 
since Draymond, because when Draymond went out, like that was, it felt like it was the worst version of this team. You know, Wiggins came back into the starting lineup the other night. He looked really good. Uh, you got Draymond coming off of the bench now with the second unit. I'm not even sure if they're going to put Draymond back out there as a starter uh, because there's a lot of offense that's coming off of the bench, a lot of, and defense as well. So what I saw the other night from, from Golden State, uh, and I'll just keep it to the Kings game. Like, I thought that they would lose the Kings game. That's just the way that I felt. Um, because they were coming off of an emotional return after all those days off after the coach passed. And I felt like that was a, a good, good spot probably to go ahead and, and play the Kings and go ahead and fade the Warriors. But, like, that, there had to be a letdown there. The fact that they went out and played that well and put up that many points, I thought that the margin probably would have been wider, so I was wrong on that. But um, I don't know. It just it feels like maybe that break, maybe it just gave them a little bit of fresh air. Maybe it gave them some clarity um, when it came to just basketball in general. With you know Draymond coming back, trying to get Wiggins back in the starting lineup, and um, maybe just just starting the season all over again. So um, certainly don't want to say that that was a good thing for the Warriors. But um, maybe it just gave them time to reflect on, you know, important things. Maybe maybe that was a team that was distracted all year long and just um, just not playing good basketball. So I like them here in this game against the Lakers. I think that um, I think the Warriors are a team that that I'm going to look to go ahead and play on because I feel like that that Kings result kind of told me that that probably should have been a spot off where they got beat by double digits. And the fact that they, they, they came in the, and they played as tough as they did off of an emotional game in, a, in an emotional week tells me that there's something going right. So if we don't see a lineup change from Kerr with the starting lineups going into this game, uh, I'll look to go ahead and certainly back the Warriors. But I think that um, I, this is like the best version of the Warriors. I think that you're going to get all year. Will they hit their stride now? I, I kind of think that they will, so I'll take them here at home. Well, my best bet's going to be in this game here, uh, and I'll give that out right now, uh, between the Lakers and the Warriors. You mentioned the Warriors side. I'm going to go over to the total in this game. I'm looking at the over, the 237.5 in this game, and you mentioned that, number one, that they're putting out a better offensive lineup uh, are the Golden State Warriors, and that's reflecting in the numbers as well. So over the last five games in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors are the number two offensive-rated team. The only team that's better by them by half a rating is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, and you also take a look at the Warriors at home this season where they have been able to put up points. Um, I know last season this was a team that was struggling mightily on the road was the Golden State Warriors. But at home this season, 12-12 and 12 straight up, 10-14 against the spread. But the total 16-8 and eight towards the over, that's 66.7%. Averaging close to 235 points per game. Um, and you take a look at the Lakers side as well, that their home and road splits as far as the total goes, it's a night and day difference. So just to put into context, the LA Lakers at home this season, 15 and 10 towards the under. Um, but on the road this season, 15 and 6 towards the over, 71.4% towards the over in their road games. And you also take a look, like I mentioned, the uh, Golden State Warriors, number two in offensive rating over the last five games. Um, the Lakers, number four on that list, uh, with a rating of 124 over the last five games in the entire association. You take a look at the defense for both of these teams. Over the last five games, the Lakers have the eighth worst defensive rating uh, in the entire association. The Golden State Warriors, the second worst defensive rating. And the last thing I love looking at is pace. The Lakers, we know they love playing with a lot of pace, and it's been staying at a consistent uh, rate for this team. They're number five over the last five games in offensive, sorry, in pace. Golden State Warriors is right above league average at 13th fastest pace in the entire association over the last five games. And you also take a look at some of the players that are playing really well right now. And one player that really stands out for me is D'Angelo Russell for this Lakers team. Just the other night against the Chicago Bulls, he was able to knock down eight three-pointers in a game where they scored 141 points. At the same time, they gave up 132 points to the Chicago Bulls. But 
for D'Lo over the last five games. He's averaging close to 28 points per game, averaging 6.4 assists per game, shooting at 54.3% from the floor, and a whopping 56.5% from three-point land. I do expect LeBron and AD uh, to play in this game, if not one guy. Um, both the guys should be in this game. And you talked about sleepy dads. Curry's still kind of going through these lineups. It feels like he's kind of found that unit that's going to be able to produce points for this uh, for this team. So I think we see a points being put up in this game. I think we'll be see the pace being high. I think the stars are going to be shining in this game. Right now, like I mentioned, the total sitting at 237.5. I'll take that as my best bet here, Sleepy. All right. I dig it. I like that one. I think we got a good chance at a 2-1-0 in that game. Sleepy, let's take a, uh, over to your best bet for the Saturday night card, man. What do you got? Could I be cheesy and just go ahead and give out Joel and beat over? Um, right now it's 36.5 on DraftKings' point total. I really feel like that, that that's probably the wager that I would want to go with here. And a lot of it's just like all these MVP guys right now, they're all in this weird pocket and they're all doing battle. And, um, I mean, Embiid to go back out and have another monster night. Right now he's what? He he should be leading in the MVP odds. I thought I saw he was like plus 150, number one, uh, just recently. But, you know, like like Booker wasn't that far away. Uh, you know Luka's up the top there. Durant was up there. Uh, SGA, obviously Jokic is there. So, you know, you just had Booker go off. You just had Luka go off. Cap uh, obviously went off. But I feel like it's going to be Embiid coming back out trying to make that that statement again. Like, you know, all right, you guys could all, you know, you, you guys could all have your ball and, and play too. But, you know, when I when I want to take it, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do because, you know, I'm the big dog here. So 36 and a half, it's, a, it's not that it feels low. It just, it seems like you have, sometimes you have to factor in motivation with your wages. And I think there's a lot of motivation going on for Embiid, especially going up against Jokic here to go ahead and, and, and put out another monster game because you know, what if he goes out there and he has just another 30 point night and, and, and Philly gets beat and maybe Jokic goes out and has 40. Well, then the MVP odds probably flip again because it seems like that's kind of what's going on here. So yeah, I like, I like Embiid a lot over to 36 and a half. So I'll make that my best bet. Uh, as far as like a side or a total, I would probably go back to that Miami game and look at that Knicks under. I know you were uh, agreeing with me on that one there, Manoff. You like that pick quite a bit. So if you're looking for a game pick, I'd probably go Heat Knicks under. But my best bet officially, I'm going to go player prop here. Joel Embiid over 36 and a half points on DraftKings. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With pick six, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. 
only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Can't talk you off of it. Denver, uh, or the game again, like we talked about when they faced off in Philly. Uh, Joel Embiid in that game went off for 41 points, shot 59% from the floor, 50% from the three-point line, and uh, 80% from the free-throw line. He finished that game going 13 of 22 uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. And also, he did have 10 dimes in that game for the Sixers as well. So I'm not going to argue against a guy that's just putting up absolute uh, crazy numbers right now. And like you mentioned, Sleepy, that right now Joel Embiid is the odds-on favorite at plus 160 to be the MVP in back-to-back years, followed by Nikola Jokic at plus 260, SGA's at plus 425, and Luka Dantich at 5-1. to Sleepy, it's a new year, like we mentioned, and I think the New York Knicks have gotten the memo that it's time to – Start playing some good basketball, but there's a lot of great things also going on right now at pregame.com. Obviously, it's going to be conference championship weekend in the NFL. We talking about the NBA's in full swing. Uh, March Madness is right around the corner, and also MLB's right around the corner. What can people take advantage of right now on pregame.com? Well, one of the good things about the NBA podcast is that the coupon code that we give you, like Manaf was saying, it'll it'll save you one on any sport that's out there. So college basketball, NFL coming up this weekend. It's ironic. We were just talking about the MVP there went off, and the, the code this week is MVP20. So you guys can go ahead and you can save 20% there on anything there at pregame.com. Uh, if you're looking to go ahead and get access all the way up through maybe like March Madness or something like that, you know, what do you got left? Maybe like another, what, 65, 70 days before, before they cut the nets down. Uh, you guys could save 20% on that. Obviously, you got the NBA right now in full swing. So, you know, there might be an NBA second half package. I'm not sure if they put them up yet. Uh, that'll take you all the way to the final. So enter code MVP20 at pregame.com. Save 20% there. There we go. Uh, Sleepy, one more order of business left here on this episode. We've hit two player prop best bets in a row. Hopefully we can make it three in a row, three in a row here going into the Saturday night card in the association. Um, So our player prop best bet for the Saturday card, we're going to take a rebounding prop here. We're going to go over that game between the Washington Wizards and the Detroit Pistons. And we're looking at the starting center, uh, Jalen Duran of the Detroit Pistons, to go over 11.5 rebounds. They're currently sitting at around minus 135 over on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. And this one, it was pretty simple for me when we were handicapping this. so I'll start with the Washington Wizards side here. So over the last five games, the Washington Wizards as a team are allowing the second most rebounds per game to the opposition. And that stayed pretty consistent throughout the season as well. They've been one of the worst rebounding teams in the entire NBA thus far this season. And you take a look at what they in particular are giving up to that center position. They're allowing the most rebounds to that center position at 18.3 uh, rebounds per game. And I know they went out and made a trade for Marvin Bagley, in fact, with the uh, Detroit Pistons. But to give him some, you know, I think that the depth behind a guy like Daniel Gavard, who was dealing with a concussion, and another player that has been in foul trouble when he is on the floor. But when you take a look at what Jalen Dern has done in two matchups this season already against the Washington Wizards here, Sleepy, a total of 33 rebounds in those two games combined, respectively 14 rebounds and 19 rebounds against the Washington Wizards. So I think that success is going to continue in this game for Jalen Duren going up against the Washington Wizards. So we're looking at Jalen Duren over 11.5 rebounds in this game here, Sleepy, as our player prop best bet. Yeah, I saw you post this one as as one of the options, and, and your, your reasoning kind of, maybe think, you know what, like, why would I want to argue against this? And is there really anything more to add to this? And I'm not necessarily sure that there is. The only thing I can say is that 
sometimes when a handicap is, is given out, sometimes just trust it and go with it. So that's kind of the way that I felt about this game. The only thing that I'll, that I'll say to, to add to this one is that I don't think we have to worry about the Pistons getting blown out, which that's taken Duran off of the court in, in many of these games this year. But this dude's, a, you know, he, getting 15 rebounds for this guy's not not hard. I mean, he, how many does he have this year? I mean, double-digit rebound games. I mean, he's got a ton. So he's going to get you close no matter what. But I think a lot of it is just due to, you know, some of these games are, are you know, turning to blowouts. And, you know, this young guy is very, very good. And, you know, they take him off the court sometimes, so he doesn't really get the usage. But, you know, playing the Wizards here, uh, I don't see Detroit taking him off the floor for any extended period of time. You know, they're going to let him go out there, do his thing. And like you were saying, the matchup is just, you know, it's so good for him here um, that, we should probably just go ahead and play this one over. So I didn't do a whole lot of work on it. The minute you went ahead and laid out, I was like, that's good enough for me. So, and you've been the man with the player props so far this year on the podcast. So who am I to argue? So hopefully, yeah, we can make it three in a row going into the Saturday night card for our player prop best bet. Maybe that is going to wrap it up, my friend, for this NBA podcast on rj bell's dream preview anything else we want to mention before we wrap it up here yeah let me just go ahead and and say that you know we we thought we were going to go ahead and do our podcast on tuesday this week um you ended up going out to the west coast to have a little vacation i ended up with the freaking flu so not fun for me i'm still battling i'm still sick so maybe next week we'll go ahead we'll, we'll try to get back to the tuesdays and stuff like that like we were talking about so um, kind of felt like we let you guys down a little bit, but have no fear. Uh, we'll go ahead. We'll get back to our normal two podcasts a week. But it was just one of those things where probably shouldn't have said anything until we, we realized, you know, what, what our schedule was going to be and that I had a schedule being sick, you know, with the flu for a week. So I, I was a little unaware of that was going to happen. But, yeah, so we'll be back in action probably next week with our normal two podcasts as usual. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's going to be the start of a new month. It's uh, NBA trade deadline. It's going to be All-Star weekend coming up as well. So only the news and the trade and the rumors are going to be heating up. And obviously us talking about games and hopefully putting more money in the pockets of our listeners will continue uh, as we – it's crazy to say that we're only, what, at that point around two months away from the NBA playoffs uh, starting. But so a lot to be determined in the association um, and a lot of, uh, for us to discuss as we will continue to do at least two times a week going uh, forward. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Um, like Sleepy mentioned, hopefully we'll be back to uh, two pods next week. So again, this will be a good time to subscribe to the feed if you haven't already. Make sure you get those alerts uh, when the NBA podcast does drop. Until then... Good luck with your bets, and we'll talk to you guys down the road.